This is episode 49 of Giant Electric Penguin. I'm your host, Bopping Squiddles. Let's find out what the kids in Texas are up to. There's a new viral social media challenge in town, and that town is Friendswood, Texas. This comes to us from our great friends at Fox News. Officer warns teens they can get shot if they participate in trend causing distress for residents. Well, isn't having teenagers in your neighborhood enough to distress residents? I think so. But let's find out more about this viral door knock challenge that's happening in Friendswood, Texas. It's the scourge of Friendswood, Texas. Police in Texas say a social media challenge teenagers are participating in is causing both physical and emotional distress for residents of all ages. Friendswood Police Department said that they have received reports from victims of the viral door knock challenge, which encourages individuals to bang or kick doors in the middle of the night in an effort to startle residents. That's what the big <laughs> popular challenge is. Feels like the people who create viral online challenges, and I don't know who these people are, but I assume it's a group. I assume it's a group of degenerates who get together to figure out the hot new viral pranks. It feels like this group is running out of ideas. Maybe a lot of the members of this group, maybe they made New Year's resolutions and one was to cut down on sugar. So now they're not all sugared up late into the evening coming up with crazy viral prank ideas and they're like mm, they're getting lazy they're like mm, remember do you guys remember uh uh, uh, uh when people would uh, ding dong ditch oh yeah yeah that was i think my i think my grandpa told me about that they would ring the doorbell and then run and, and they all have a nice giggle uh you know <laughs> behind the fence yeah 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 i'm thinking we do a variation of that except we just you know we just go to town we just put on our steel toed uh, boots and we just we just kick the shit out of the neighbor's door in the middle of the night. See, we're going to we're going to crank it up a level and then take it into the middle of the night. Okay, well, I guess they're still coming up with new new twists on old faves. However, this whole middle of the night thing and also I watched a video of these uh teenage perverts uh participating in the uh, what is it? the door the the viral door knock challenge. I saw them doing it at like 4 a.m. And I remember when I was a teenager, I mean, my, my mom, my mom basically had to, you know, blow an air raid siren into my room to wake me up for school in the morning. Uh, what are these kids? They're setting their alarms at 4 a.m. It's like, yeah, it's early, but we got to get out there and start doing the work. We got to start kicking the shit out of our elderly neighbor's front doors. I don't know. Life must must be boring in Texas. Look, I've been to Texas a few times and uh, it, it's very boring. I find it to be a very boring state. So... I don't know. 
I might find myself, you know, a couple months, I moved to Texas somehow. I, for some reason, I moved to Texas, which would never happen. But let's say in this scenario, it does. And I'm sitting around, and I, I, I probably a couple days into being in Texas, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so bored. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go beat on the neighbor's door. That's what the teenagers in Friendswood are doing. Friendswood is such a boring ass place that the only, the only way to get your jollies is to, uh, you know, abuse your neighbor's doors. Uh, doorbell camera videos posted to the department's Facebook page show teens running through neighborhoods in the middle of the night with one even using a five-gallon water jug to bang on a home's front door. My goodness, these teens, these rowdy teens. I would tell them to stop it before they get hurt or they hurt somebody. Please don't do this. It's wrong. It's very wrong. Those are the words of 77-year-old victim Gwen. She told Fox 26 in Houston about these rowdy teens bashing on her door with a with a big water bottle. Uh, it was scary, it was frightening, and it was terrifying. I'm 44 years old, and it would terrify me to death. You know, I was sitting uh, around Christmas time, I was sitting in my living room just watching TV. Everyone was asleep. I had all the lights on, the Christmas tree was on. I was enjoying a nice cup of tea, watching my stories. A little wreath or something that we had hanging on the on the front door, sort of like um, the wind sort of tussled it and it made a, and it made a slight tapping sound, and I I almost uh, had a heart attack. <laughs> I can't imagine what it would be like for this seventy seven year old woman, who is who's who's dead asleep. She's in her craftmatic bed asleep, and suddenly there's a bunch of teenagers, teenage boys, let's not get it twisted here. There's a bunch of bored Texas teenage boys banging on our front door with water bottles and God knows what else. I understand. That's a scary, that's a scary situation. This is a very dangerous game, a very dangerous game. Chief Deputy Jimmy Evans added, calling the challenge a new take on Ding Dong Ditch. There you go. I'm afraid a homeowner may think someone is trying to burglarize their residence and some innocent kid can get shot or killed. Well, are they really innocent if they're, you know, breaking your door apart? I don't know. I don't know. Do they deserve to be shot? Absolutely not. I would never say that. Never. Friendswood police say they are in the process of identifying what appear to be teenage males who are doing the kicking and banging on doors. They ask victims to come forward, especially if they have video of the alleged crimes in the act. What? <laughs> As for Gwen, our 77-year-old uh, friend, she told Fox 26 it will cost $2,500 to fix pieces of her door that were cracked off of the bottom of the frame. And uh, that's what the kids are doing in Texas. I already said it earlier, but this is Giant Electric Penguin, episode 49. I'm Matt. I host the program. And I just want to say to any listeners we have in, what was the place called? Friendston, Texas? Friendsville, Texas? You know, I got, you know, those those teenage boys who are running around kicking your doors and, and running away laughing their head, heads off. Uh, that's not very friendly. And I know everything's bigger in Texas. 
And that includes people's feelings and their hearts. And I know you have big hearts and big feelings and it can hurt someone's feelings when, you know, you feel like you've been targeted by roving bands of teenage degenerates who, who, who just want to scare you. They just want to bang on your door and scare you. And it's not very friendly and it's not very American. And that's another thing about Texas I know. They love America. So knock it off, teens. Knock it off, Texas teens. That's, that's just to take it from me, a, a person who's been around the block a couple of times, you know, ding dong ditching and, and uh, violent midnight door knocking, it doesn't lead to anything great. You'll look, you'll, you know, you'll probably look back on it when you get my age and you'll be like, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe we did that. Can't believe we, we went out, we, we, uh, we, we got up early. <laughs> all that, all that time we could have spent uh, sleeping in. We got up early and we got uh, empty water jugs and we uh, ran around and knocked on our elderly neighbor's doors. Can't believe we did that. What a, what a waste of time. We could we could have spent that time sleeping, sure. We could have spent that time, how about a paper route? Do people still do paper routes? I think that was out even when I was a kid. But it seems like if you're up that early, you may, you may as well, you know, get on a bike and start tossing newspapers around. I mean, you want, you want to hit a door with something? Throw, throw a newspaper at the door, all right? Come on. Stop it, Texas teens. Stop it. Stop it now. On a related note, I saw a video recently. I don't know if it went viral. It doesn't need to really, but uh, I, I saw this video of people uh, fighting in the streets during New Year's Eve in New York City. And and these people were not in uh, Times Square. They weren't like having a boxing match in front of Ryan Seacrest or anything. But uh, somewhere in New York City, the uh, this uh, there was like there was a fight going on. It was like six dudes. It was like three versus three, and one side was clearly uh, more adept at fighting because they were really they were really beating the uh, tar out of this other group of guys. But but two of the three guys who were really like just like beating the 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 well, then there's no other way to put it. The crap out of uh, these other two guys were wearing these very heavy jackets that were adorned with pictures of the Rugrats. <laughs> there are these big, puffy winter jackets covered with, with Tommy Pickles, and uh, Angelica was on there, Chucky, uh, the dog, whatever that, whatever that ugly dog's name was. They just, the jackets were uh, festooned with Rugrats characters. And I think on the back of the jacket, there was a huge Rugrats logo. And there are these two dudes in Rugrats winter jackets just beating the ever-loving uh, shit out of these other two guys. And it's horrifying. We shouldn't be laughing at street fight videos. We gotta get those offline. That's that's nothing. That's 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 nothing kids need to see. More violence. Do we really need more violence? But there's something about it uh, when they're wearing puffy Rugrats jackets. It's almost, the only thing I can imagine that would be funnier than that is if they, uh, the, the two guys were wearing like Pokemon themed footy pajamas. <laughs> like one, like one was sort of dressed as uh, Charmander and had like a little tail coming out of like, you know, out of his little butt and then like a Pikachu guy and they were just wailing on these other dudes. But that was a weird video I saw. <laughs> and that was in New York City. That, that is uh, that's a weird city. And that's what's going on in New York City. People in uh, 
in Nicktoons winter jackets are roaming the streets looking for people to beat up. That's right, 2024 is is started off. It's a it's been a violent year so far. The door there's no door is safe in Texas and you know, you, you see a friendly young man wearing a Rugrats jacket, and you think, oh, there's a friendly young man. I could probably ask him for directions to uh, to uh, Starbucks or something. And, and uh, next thing you know, he's punching you in the mouth, and you're spitting your teeth out on, uh, on Houston Street. <laughs> well, of course, friends, as I promised last week, we're going to start our journey, our year-long journey, to discover what the weirdest thing on Tubi is. And if you don't know what Tubi is, uh, Tubi is a streaming service. It's free. It's full of uh, movies and TV shows and other oddities. And one need only uh, download the the app and you can watch all of these things for free. You just have to sit through some ads now and again. It's really not a big deal, but we'll get to that. I wanted to start with a story about a real son of a bitch. Have you guys heard of Bobby? People who follow world records or famous dogs have definitely heard of Bobby. He was all over the news last week. This is from USA Today, America's newspaper. Bobby was named world's oldest dog by Guinness. Now his record is under review. Let's check this out. There's a chance that the world's oldest dog may not be able to keep his Guinness World Record title much longer. The authority for all things world record-breaking said Tuesday that it was conducting a formal review into the oldest dog record, which was awarded to a 31-year-old Raffiero do... Alentejo? That's a breed of dog, I assume, that I am not super familiar with. But I'll tell you, Bobby, uh, that's the name of this dog, this Raffiero do Alentejo. And I know I'm saying that wrong, so I apologize to all my friends in Portugal. But I got to tell you, I'm not familiar with the breed of dog, but I got to tell you, Bobby, he's a, he's, a real, he's a real sweetheart. He's very cute. I encourage you to look, look up Bobby, the world's oldest dog. And uh, this guy is a—he's—he's a, he's a little gentleman, but let's read a little bit more about this. Uh, he's from Portugal, and he was awarded this world record in February of last year. Well, Bobby died about eight months later. The review was launched in response to a number of veterinarians expressing skepticism over Bobby's age. Uh, so apparently there's a lot of bored teenagers in Texas and a lot of bored veterinarians in Portugal <laughs> who have nothing better to do than denigrate this poor, dead, departed dog that we know as Bobby. Let's take a little bit deeper dive into the life of Bobby the elderly dog, uh, who who is Bobby, or who was Bobby? Probably more appropriate. Bobby spent his whole life in the rural Portuguese village of Conquerios, about ninety three miles north of the country's capital, Lisbon, with his owner Lionel Costa and his family. 
Costa's father decided that they could not care for a litter of four puppies that Bobby was born into because they already had too many animals to care for. So they decided to do away with the litter. I'm, I'm guessing they decided to jump online, say we've got some puppies, we're giving them away for free, come on down to the Costa family home and collect your adorable puppy. Unfortunately, this is Costa sharing with uh, Guinness. Unfortunately, at the time, it was considered normal by older people to bury the animals in a hole so they would not survive. Oh my God. I find it very hard to believe that there was a time in, in the world where uh, the, it was thought that the best way to deal with uh, a, a, a glut of animals in one's home was to uh, uh, dig a hole in the backyard and just dump, dump them into it. That's, uh, that's cruel no matter what continent you're on, as far as I'm concerned. Costa and his brothers were able to find Bobby alive nearby. Nearby the, the hole? Oh my God, can you imagine? Bobby like crawled his way up over his brothers and sisters to pull himself out of the hole. He was lucky enough to escape hiding in a pile of wood at the Costa home. The siblings kept the puppy's existence a secret for as long as they could, but when the boy's parents discovered Bobby was alive, it was too late to put him down. So Bobby became a part of the family. Well, isn't that a sweet story? Well, uh, Bobby's family threw the senior dog a lavish birthday party with uh, more than 100 guests when he turned 31. Wow. Jeez. I never, no one ever threw a party with that many guests for me. <laughs> oh, to be a Portuguese dog. Uh, Bobby died about 165 days after his birthday celebration. He was described by his owner as one of a kind. Well, your dad saw to that. Sorry. Adding that his family was very happy and grateful to life for allowing us, after 30 years, to have Bobby in our daily lives. It's an awkward sentence. The average lifespan for a dog like Bobby is 12 or 14 years, Guinness reported. And Bobby was 31? Holy shit! No action has been taken in relation to any record holders yet, and any actions will be determined by the outcome of the review. Guinness has also decided to temporarily pause applications on records for both the oldest living dog and the oldest dog ever until all our findings are in place and have been communicated. I want to speak out on behalf of, of Bobby. You know, I look at Bobby and I think he, he's precious, and that's, but I know that's not enough. I know that's not enough. But let's look at how Bobby's life began. I mean, it is a miracle he made it to one, the, the age of one. So, I mean, let's not do a disservice to Bobby and remove his name from everybody's favorite book of, of records. Let Bobby's record stand. If he wasn't 31, you know, who cares? Bobby had to deal with cruelty at the beginning of his life. He rose above the circumstances of his youth. He found a place for himself in the world, and that place is firmly in the Guinness Book of World Records under world's oldest dog. Do the right thing, Guinness. Let's get this thing cleared up. We'll be right back. A fero do alentejo. A fero do alentejo. 
Okay, it's time to answer the question. What's the weirdest thing on Tubi? Let's get our definitions squared away before we move any further. Uh, Webster's defines weird as of strange or extraordinary character. Odd, fantastic. It also provides a second definition uh, of, relating to, or caused by witchcraft or the supernatural. Magical. We're not so much going to use that definition as much as, as the first one. So it's something that's weird, strange, odd. And I got to tell you, Tubi has a lot of things like that. Or better put, things that could be perceived as such. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to look into these things that seem a little odd, a little weird, a little supernatural. No, 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 wait, we're, we're not doing that one. Something a little strange or extraordinary, a little odd, and see if it really is kind of strange. And if it is, is it the strangest, weirdest thing on Tubi? Or is it just, you know, not so much? And so what I'll be doing is kind of making a list. And at the end of the year, we'll look at that list. And ostensibly, whatever's at the top would be considered the weirdest thing on Tubi. Then we'll make it official. We'll uh, probably try to get the President of the United States on here to sign some sort of order. Uh, we're still in the planning stages of how we're going to commemorate the weirdest thing on Tubi. But it probably will involve people at the highest levels of, of government. <laughs> American government? Not sure yet. Whatever government reaches out and wants to uh, cooperate with us. <laughs> so that's an open invitation to all world governments. If you want to be a part of this whole thing, write to me at giantpengypodcast at gmail.com. Well, the first thing I watched... On Tubi, the first the first movie in the running, and these aren't all going to be movies. There might be TV shows, there might be workout videos. I think there's like workout videos. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to watch any of that. I know there's weird like there's weird uh, f uh, like educational puppet shows. I, I don't know. There's all kinds of weird stuff on Tubi, but I've started with a movie, and the movie in question is Christian Mingle the movie. Now, if those of you who don't know what Christian Mingle is. It is a online dating service, specifically for members of the Christian faith. So if you're a Christian woman who wants to meet a man who shares your similar Christian values, you would sign on to Christian Mingle, you would take a tasteful photo of yourself, you would post it, and, you know, you'd write a little a little bio for yourself, you know, probably, you know, you're... you're you know, what you're looking for in life, your goals, your aspirations, your favorite hymn. I don't know. Maybe you maybe you put your favorite Bible verse on there. That doesn't that doesn't seem like it would be out of out of the realm of possibility when you're joining Christian Mingle. Christian Mingle was written and directed by Corbin Burnson. And if any of you young people out there don't know Corbin Burnson, well he was the star of a show called LA Law. That I, that I am even too young to remember. But I, I seem to remember my parents watching it. He's also uh, in the Major League series of films. I haven't seen a one of them. He's also the writer and director of movies such as Carpool Guy, Beyond the Heavens, and Three Day Test. Which, if Three Day Test is on Tubi, I will 
be watching it because I watched the trailer for this thing and it looks like it's it's kind of like a mix between Home Alone and uh, Focus on the Family style child abuse with just a dash of toxic uh, masculinity, which, which seems to be just a recipe for a fun night at the movies. A toilet does fall on a guy's car while he's stuck in traffic, and that's pretty funny. I, I can't imagine a movie where a toilet falls on someone's car not being at least a little funny. Anyway, Corbin Burnson makes uh, these faith-based movies now. So I can only imagine Christian Mingle, the, the website, was like, we want to get our product out there, and the best way we can think of to do it is to have a movie made. If you're going to have a faith-based comedy made, well, Corbin Burnson's your man. <laughs> Star of L.A. Law, Corbin Burnson is your man. Something funny, though, uh, about Corbin Burnson, around the time I watched... Christian Mingle. I I got on Facebook and I I kept getting this ad. I still keep getting it. This ad for this thing called hang on, where is it? Called GalaxyCon, which is coming to Richmond. And when I look at the picture, it has all these it has all these like people on it that you can that you can meet at GalaxyCon. Like it's got Spider-Man on there and Optimus Prime, William Shatner. Like, everybody from The Mandalorian, except the people you'd actually want to meet, are on there. And uh, Hellboy's on there. Who else? Uh, Ric Flair, who I thought was dead. Uh, the Lawrence Brothers. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, the guy who played Data. What's his name? Brent Spiner. He's there. Uh, the, Steve from Blue's Clues. You can meet Steve from Blue's Clues. Uh, this is all at GalaxyCon Richmond. Oh, and, and Emperor Palpatine's going to be there. Like, he's... He's uh, he's the main draw. He's he's on this picture. But then right smack dab in the middle of this advertisement for Galaxy Con Richmond. Can't miss him. Your eye gets drawn to him immediately when you look at this poster of all these uh, all these luminaries who I mentioned. I mentioned William Shatner, right? Yeah. William Shatner's on this thing. Uh right in the middle of all this, this is not a joke, uh is is Corbin Burnson. <laughs> Uh, and I, I followed the link to Galaxy Con Richmond to look at all the celebrities that were going to be there. And they're all going to be there. Optimus Prime. I don't know how they got him, man. I mean, I didn't even think he lived on this planet anymore. But, uh, there was Corbin Burn. And so, so by everybody's name, it'd be like Brent Spiner, Data from, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. And like William Shatner, uh, Captain Kirk from Star, from Star Trek. And then uh, what's what's um, what's this guy's name? Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. That's pretty cool. I like him. But uh, from The Mandalorian and The Boys and like all the other cool kind of like fa like you know fan genre stuff that he does. And then and then it said Corbin Burnson, L.A. Law and the Major League Series. That doesn't. It's weird. Isn't he a little out of place? But good on Corbin Burnson. I mean, I guess if you had any questions about his faith-based movies, his career, you know, in Christian movies, he could talk about that as well. I'd really like to uh, bend his ear about Christian Mingle, the movie, ask him a few questions. Maybe some of them will come up here in my analysis. But let's 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 uh, talk about the uh, the plot because uh, Christian Mingle, the movie, does have a plot. Uh, it's about a young lady named Gwyneth Hayden. Played by friend of the show, Lacey Shape Bear. 
I wish she was a friend of the show. We talk about her on here, though. Christmas's own Lacey Chabert plays Gwyneth Hayden, who is unlucky in love. She's like the last of her friends to be single. We see her go on exactly one date, and it's very unpleasant. But we get the idea that she goes on a lot of these unpleasant dates with, you know, kind of like guys who aren't that great. So she joins uh, the online dating site Christian Mingle one night. She's she's up late, and she she sees a commercial for Christian Mingle, and uh, all the happy people, all the happy testimonials of like we met on Christian Mingle. Now we're married with <laughs> nineteen kids and counting. And she's like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. But then uh, she's she sees the commercial again, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for Christian Mingle. And actually, my favorite part of the whole movie is when she's on. Uh, she's making her um, her profile on Christian Mingle, and one of the questions is, what is the name of the church or religious organization you're a part of? And she types in because get this, spoiler alert: uh, Gwyneth is not a Christian, so. So why is she joining Christian Mingle? Well, we'll get there. We'll get there. But where it says, uh, you know, what what church, what church or religious organization are you affiliated with, or do you attend? Uh, she writes God's Church, <laughs> which uh, which was funny. It got a laugh out of me. But she immediately meets this guy named Paul, and I mean, he's perfect. That that's that's that she meets. She's the he's the first one she meets. And that's the one she sticks with. And like I said before, Gwyneth isn't really a Christian, but she's doing her best to kind of pretend and slash learn the ways of the Christian. She buys a Bible and she buys uh, Christianity for dummies. And she goes to a Bible study with Paul and stuff like that. So she's really trying to get into the whole thing. Uh, Paul does eventually find out that she's lying uh, when she joins him on a mission trip. And uh, they break up. After their breakup, Gwyneth is kind of bummed out, but she uses the opportunity to actually get serious about Christianity. And then that's when she finds a church. She finds a fun, hip, hipster church. And she also finds God and decides that she's going to go apologize to Paul for deceiving him. She does. She goes to his church, which is decidedly not as hip as her church. If I'm, I don't want to judge. But one church is definitely cool and hip, and one church is very, very stuffy. But she goes to this stuffy-ass church, and she apologizes to Paul. And Paul's pretty cool. He, he, for, he, he forgives her, and he agrees to have coffee with her later in the week. But when he does that, when, when she's at church uh, apologizing, she sees that Paul is now with his old, his old uh, friend from his youth. I can't remember her name, but she's a real cheesy, cheesy chick who his mom is a real big fan of, and they're, they're holding hands and stuff. And Gwyneth is like, nah, I don't know if she's the right one for you. I think you're going out with her because your parents, your parents are forcing you to. And that pisses him off. And then he says, ah, I don't want to see you anymore. So Gwyneth keeps, she's bummed out more than ever now, but she keeps going to church and she keeps bopping around to the praise team because this church has got a really, really super cool praise team. And one day she gets a letter from a little girl who uh, she barely speaks with on the mission trip. But apparently this little girl was was quite taken with Gwyneth because she sends her a letter and thanks her for helping fix up her town after some sort of storm. I don't know what happened. 
uh, all these white people go to this little tiny Mexican town. I call it, um, I believe the name of the town is uh, Backlot, Mexico. <laughs> I think they actually use the Mexico section of Epcot. I, <laughs> I could be wrong. I didn't, I didn't look into it. But she gets this letter from the little girl, and she's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to quit my job. She's an ad executive. And she moves to Mexico to teach English. One day, it's Christmas time in Mexico. Christmas time in Backlot, Mexico. Paul shows up, and he's broken up with that with that weirdo girl of his. And eventually, he proposes to her. And happiness is achieved at last. Gwyneth is no longer alone. Plus... She's a Christian, so she's got a, she's got a new, she's got a new uh, perspective, a new boyfriend, and she lives in a very, very fake-looking town in Mexico. <laughs> There's some stuff about Christian Mingle in the movie, believe it or not, that I didn't really care for. One was Gwyneth's job. In fact, to me, it seems pretty like superfluous and 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 useless. Uh, I guess the only reason that we spend any time with Gwyneth at her job is, I guess, so we understand how she's able to afford to go out to eat all the time with her friends and how she has her own apartment in a major metropolitan area and also how she can just, at the drop of a hat, travel to Mexico to be with her boyfriend. So I guess that's why we 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 see that she has a job. But it's this whole side plot of the movie that's really dumb. The focus really should be 100% on Gwyneth's disastrous dating life and then her and Paul's relationship journey. I mean, if if at the front end, if we'd seen a little bit more, maybe even a montage of like terrible dates that Gwyneth goes on, like her being kind of at the end of her rope, like kind of like, oh, my life is, what is it with all these terrible men? That would have been a great opportunity for a lot of funny. It's a lot of missed funny that Corbin Burnson could have uh, given us. But another question I had while I was watching Christian mingle the movie was, is this movie making fun of Christians? Because Paul is a real sweetheart. This guy she meets on Christian mingle, but he is just a, just the biggest dork who's ever been on film. Like ever. Like, I, I don't know if like to, to really push that he's a nice guy. He also has to be like, the king of all dorks. <laughs> I mean, he's dad joking all over the place. And, you know, another thing was there's a scene where they're dating and they meet first for like coffee and cookies. Everybody's eating cookies in this movie constantly. <laughs> it's just like, it's like left and right. Cookies, cookies are what bring people like, like uh, uh, Gwyneth has like a cookie jar in her apartment, which that's weird. When I was growing up, we had a cookie jar. But it was always filled with like, you know, like store-bought cookies. But like, she opens this cookie jar at one point. She's doing some work at home. She opens the cookie jar. She takes out this beautiful, like huge, like the size of her palm. Or my palm, I guess. My palm is probably bigger than Lacey Shea Bear's. But the, 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 uh, 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 peanut butter cookie the size of a man's hand is just in this cookie jar. I'm like, oh my god. It's like you're filling your cookie jar with like beautiful homemade cookies. I don't know. Or like cookies from the mall. It was like a mall cookie, which mall cookies are just special, you know? They're so big. And you know, you got all these cookie places now. I'm thinking of Crumble is the main thing, but Crumble sucks. I just want to like a Mrs. Fields mall cookie, you know? There's something about those that are just fantastic. 
but she's got like a cooking jar full of them. Anyway, they go to this place it's uh, it, they're, they're drinking coffee. He's like, well, let me get you a cookie. But then it's her turn to pick a place for them to go on a date. So they go out for sushi because I, and, and I just feel like in these, I don't know, in movies like this, sushi equals the dining establishment of the liberals or something. Because, like, uh, Paul's all like, what are, we're having, what's this raw fish? And he's all, like, freaked out. And then he, like, he has a piece of, uh, you know, tuna. And, uh, you know, a hilarity un- ensues. And, and while, while they're there, of course, the music in the background is all like, me, 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 me. I mean, that's the movie. That's not me. Uh, so, you know, it's all that stuff. Uh, anyway, it's stupid. Uh, but, yeah. But then, on, on the other hand, a lot of the Christian characters, like the mom, Paul's mom, is sort of like judgy, and some of the uh, some of his friends, not all of them, but some of his friends, like the Bible study, are a little like uh, elitist, sort of, like they're sort of like, oh, <laughs> you don't seem to be as far along the Christian path as the rest of us, and that kind of rings true, and it's kind of it was kind of refreshing to see a, a, a faith based movie kind of, I don't know, not judge, but like be fair, be fair with their Christian characters. It's not every Christian character is a perfect uh, specimen, like a perfect person who treats everybody respectfully. Like maybe they can learn a lesson too. Like maybe it's not just the godless heathen Gwyneth Hayden learning to invite Jesus into her heart. Maybe Paul and his mom and his friends could uh, stand to be a little, little less judgy. Okay, that's the end of the episode. I really want a mall cookie now. Is the mall open? Join us next week for the 50th episode of Giant Electric Penguin. The 50th? That feels like it should be a big deal. Eh, we'll see. Anyway, my name was Matt. This was Giant Electric Penguin. And thank you for listening to podcasts.